Welcome to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. Bienvenido al podcast del Deptford Cinema. Deptford Cinema, the right place for film lovers. He loves movies and board games. He likes cooking gumbo for his friends and spending Sundays in his bathrobe. But most importantly, he's my neighbor and he recommends films. everyone and welcome back to my neighbor recommends last time we talked about a girl walks home alone at night and dead man i now watched dead man so if you like a slow film definitely go for it i was quite impatient at the beginning but then it got so much better towards the end I love the idea that the Native American languages, they had no subtitles, so that only those tribes could understand the conversations. Very good idea. On the other hand, Jim Jarmusch managed to only have two female roles in the whole film, and they were sexual objects. Intended as well, or just a film from 1995. Yeah. Anyway... I'm now on my way to interview my neighbor again, who happens to work on the North Pole right now in the DVD department. It's freezing cold, but what a lovely part of the world, guys. And because it's Christmas coming up, he obviously recommended a festive film this time. And when I say festive, I mean disturbing. It's a 1984 film by Charles E. Sellier Jr. called Silent Night. Deadly night. Moreover, we are talking about other scary Christmas films. Oh, I think I see the eagle over there. Oh, hi, hi there. Hey, what are you doing here? What? You invited me. Oh, sorry. The, the the cold really numbs my mind. I forget things on like a hour to hour basis, really. Uh, but is it still cool for me to come in and do the interview and everything? It's exceptionally cool. It's the North Pole. <laughs> is it okay to park <laughs> it behind your vehicle? Yeah, bring it round the back. There's like a very very icy parking lot. Uh, oh. Like just you know, you'll kind of just slide it into the side of the building. That will work. Cool. See you in a bit. Thank you very much for welcoming me back. It's a really, really remote place. I love it though. It's it's it's, it's very very remote. Thank you for for coming all this way. If I feel I'm I'm just shivering quite a lot, even in my bathrobe. But uh, I'll I'll never I'll never get used to it here. But hey, I have to spread the filmic cheer. Yeah, that's true. So so can you? Quickly tell the listeners what your actual job is at the moment. Well, I I, I distribute all of the Blu-rays and DVDs um, in a in a kind of physical media isn't dead is, is my stance. So uh, all of the DVDs and Blu-rays that are bought for Christmas, I'm posted up here in the North Pole, distributing them to children and parents and human beings alike. Cool. So so everyone who gets a DVD or Blu-ray or VHS, we don't know this Christmas. It's actually coming from you. Yes, yes. I've decided that physical media is something I want to champion. And I also want to champion um, really, really dark Christmas films. 
So they never get the Blu-ray or DVD that they've actually asked for on their list. Children get things that are usually two certificates higher. So if they want a PG, they're going to get a 15. And if someone wants, like, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, they're going to get, like, Black Christmas. So. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, why not? Sorry, I, I haven't even offered you anything yet. Would you, would you like some of these fantastic treats I've baked? Yeah, I saw them. What, what is it, actually? I mean, you baked quite a lot, it seems. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's Stollen. I think you, you, you know it better than I. I just knew it was a favorite of yours, uh, but I don't know how to pronounce it properly. It so, is but actually Stollen. I'm very, very impressed that you made a Stollen because it takes, I think, two days or something. I have a lot of time here. Nice. Oh, oh, thank you very much. And do you maybe have some hot drinks as well? That would be really, really cool. Uh, I have boiling water. Do you want some of that? Uh, yes, please. Going back to those horror, scary Christmas movies. So this time you recommended Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984 by Charles E. Sellier. The first very important question is, why on earth did you recommend that film? Why, why, oh why, uh, people, people often ask me this. Um, I think it's probably the most mean-spirited Christmas film out there. Um, and so I think it's a, it's, a, it's a fun one to throw into the mix um, amongst all your favorites because it is horrible, exploitative, sleazy, violent, and it caused an absolute outrage uh, when it first came out in Christmas 1984. It was very, very swiftly banned and taken out of the cinemas I believe in January 1985, it lasted a couple of weeks and then it became a like straight to video hit down the line. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it really created a bit of a, a bit of a scandal. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to give the, the listeners a little summary so they know what's going on in that amazing art piece? Yes. Uh, well, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night is about a young boy called Billy, who, when he is like seven or eight years old, uh, on Christmas Eve, he's being um, driven by his parents to see his grandfather. And his grandfather, he's left with his grandfather by his parents, and they say to him, don't worry, grandpa won't hurt you, which is a very, very incorrect statement. Um, not physically, but, but mentally. And basically, Billy's grandpa tells him that Santa is evil and that he punishes the children that have been really, really bad on Christmas Eve. And so anyone who has done anything like naughty gets what they deserve. And so like Billy ends up being terrified of Santa. I actually, I watched the film a few days ago, but I've already forgotten about that granddad because I can just remember loads of naked breasts and uh, killing Santa. Well, yeah, that happens later because it's not just enough that the granddad says, you know, Santa, Santa is evil. On the way home from the retirement home, um, there is actually a man out and about dressed as Santa who has been robbing convenience stores and he stops Billy's family, shoots Billy's dad in the face 
and then attempts to rape his mother while slitting her throat. And Billy sees all of this while his younger brother, as who's a little baby, like one years old, is strapped in the back of the car. So this is like the first five minutes of the film. So it, it is a cheery, cheery opener and just like every classic Christmas movie, that's for sure. I have to say, he could have become... He, there was still hope that he could have become a normal person, but then they sent him to this orphanage with the sister superior. And I, I would say she goes into your nasty bastards list. She is, a, yeah, she is a real nasty bastard. Um, she, they all know that Billy has had this horrific, horrific childhood where he's seen his parents killed by Santa. Um, and still she's like, no, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. We'll drum it out of him. He just needs discipline and discipline is really important. And of course this uh, creates the connection in Billy's mind that um, discipline is a good thing, that naughty people need to be punished. And as a result, when he grows up, he uh, becomes the very self-same Santa who can go on a killing spree and punish the naughty. Yeah, I have to say this film is not really caring too much about PTSD or mental health in general, but also it's not really a feminist film because all those naughty, naughty girls showing their breasts all the time, so they have to be killed, right? Ah, oh, absolutely. Judgment. Judgment and Puritanism. Um, I actually, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a definitely a very misogynistic film. It's definitely a very 80s uh, horror film in its relation to the role women should play in it. Um, and um, so, yeah, there's lots and lots of boobs, lots and lots of sexualized killings. Um, and anyone who does anything um, slightly uh, amorous, shall we say, uh, deserves being killed. So uh, it's not just misogynistic, it's a celebration of <laughs> uh, abstinence, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And the nasty bastard herself, Sister Superior, guys, it's a spoiler alert now. She, although being the naughtiest, most horrible person, she is the one that doesn't get killed. But we were waiting for it, this whole film, waiting for her to be slaughtered. I, I, it didn't matter how horrible that scene would have been. I just wanted to see it, but it didn't happen. And I think that's the thing that I quite like about this film is most of the things you'd expect don't happen. So like you don't get the justice and redemption at the end. You don't get the satisfaction of the um, Mother Superior being killed. Also, this is what I find pretty ridiculous. There are some other Christmas horror films out there, I guess, where there's a bad Santa or there's like comedic bad Santa. But I don't think there are any movies where the main character is like the killer and you are meant to sympathize with them because in silent night deadly night you get all this backstory as a child you get all this backstory at the nunnery and they devote a lot of the film to trying to make you sympathize with his situation like it's almost justifying how could someone actually become that and they, they dedicate a third of the film really to how they're going to get to this ridiculous premise of someone on a Santa murder rampage. <sighs> yeah, that was a good one hour and a half of my life. Anyway, do you have uh, some more background information as well? There's quite a lot of good stuff about the controversy around this film. So it 
it really, really pissed people off uh, when it came out. First, it was like parents and teachers. So I've got, I've got a few choice quotes here. So it started with parents and teachers, but then the critics absolutely destroyed it. So, <clears throat> from John Apologasic, a school principal in Vermont. It's an invasion of children's dreams and fantasies. It's a form of child abuse. Uh-huh. Mickey Rooney, of acting fame. How dare they? I'm all for the First Amendment, but don't give me Santa Claus with a gun going to kill everyone. The scum who made this movie should be run out of town. <laughs> okay. Um, and then some of the critics' reviews. Silent Night, Deadly Night is a sleazy, miserable, insulting piece of garbage. Um, and finally, I think my favourite, licking road tar off an automobile would be more pleasurable than watching Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, I agree, because I've done that before, and it was a bit more pleasurable. Yeah, it doesn't take 90 minutes, either, so no. there's that. And um, it's worth noting that um, Siskel and Ebert, who are basically America's critic darlings, you know, they're the Mark Kermode of the States at this time, <laughs> basically, their review of it was just listing everyone who had a role in it and just saying, shame on you, shame on you, and just making sure everyone knew who'd made this horrific thing. But they, their, their, out, their condemnation really made it quite infamous, um, and they really, like, stoked the fires and the controversy, and, like, you had people, pick, parents picketing the theatres and all these protests about the film. And, yes, it's horrible. Is it horrible enough to have caused that I mean, that's a question. I don't think it would maybe have such outrage today, or it would for different reasons. But it was this quite puritanical thing about, like, protect my children, like, Christmas is meant to be a nice thing that really got people worked up. And what I learned is it wasn't really the film itself that caused this outrage. It was the fact that the producers bought loads and loads of Sunday and Saturday afternoon advertising so that they, they basically showed clips of Santa going on a rampage with an axe and kids were seeing it at like three in the afternoon and, have, and their parents were having to sort of explain what was going on. Yeah, I, re- I read that as well. So just while watching their favourite nice family TV shows, they showed those nice adverts. Beautiful, beautiful idea. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a really, really dark-hearted anti-Christmas film, um, I'd recommend Silent Night, Deadly Night. Thank you, neighbour. Um, by the way, where is my hot water? Your hot water? Yeah. Still um, It takes a little while. I don't have a kettle. I have to wait for this geezer in the ground to uh, start bubbling up. Okay, I might stick with the stolen then. Thank you. Okay, it's not stolen. Uh, Yeah, thank you. It's mine. But it's, can I still eat it though? Yes. Okay, and is that some mince pies? Do I see some mince pies here as well? Yes, but they don't have any filling. Ah, so they're just pie crust? Yes. Mm. They sometimes have ice in them if it's really cold. Anyway, you mentioned Bad Santa before, so the genre, it seems to be there's a whole genre of Bad Santa movies or the genre of horror and scary Christmas films. Do you want to mention some of those films, maybe? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, so there's Black Christmas came out a year before Silent Night, Deadly Night. But I think that's more of a traditional slasher film. So like slasher films were obviously very big in the 80s, like The Shining kind of kicked, yeah, Halloween, The Shining, Friday the 13th, all of this. In a way, Silent Night, Deadly Night was the most uh, cashing in on the slasher genre. Um, I think Bad Christmas is kind of a Christmas slasher from, from what I remember, but it's... Uh, slightly more like there's a bad presence you know there's a, like it's it's not like in silent night where it's the main character who you're meant to sympathize with but so i th i think that that's what that's an interesting twist so you've got black christmas and then i think more recently I d yeah i did think of bad santa with billy bob thornton which is just kind of quite a ridiculous uh movie have you seen it I've seen it, uh, both of them actually, with Katie Bates as his mother in the second part. Yes, uh, I really like her by the way, she's an excellent, excellent actor. But yeah, I mean, Bad Santa kind of is what, it does what it says on the tin I guess, you know, you get Santa having sex, doing drugs, running around town, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it's, that's a good bit of anti-Christmas, but it doesn't go the full, you know, it doesn't go the full dark, that's kind of like, Naughty Santa, not bad Santa, right? Yeah, and I have to say, I really like Halloween movies, and I really like, you know, the normal Christmas movies. But in the time between Halloween and Christmas, it seems like it's a bit too early for Christmas films, but too late for Halloween films. So that genre really works. Exactly, folks. You got another, you know, another week or so to just load up on like darker Christmas films before you have to do the real stuff at Christmas. Talking about those scary films, scary Christmas films, isn't a Christmas Carol? Wasn't that the start of everything? Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I mean, there's some pretty like mean poverty in it, and some and some ghostly. There's some ghosts. Ghosts are horror, right? Yeah, yeah, and. Because I did a little bit of research, I just give you a few names of those amazing horror Christmas films. The Curse of the Cat People, 1944. Whoever Slew Auntie Rue, 1971. Elves, 1989. So let's not go too deep into elves because that story sounds horrible, where a, a really nasty historical figure wanted to make half-human, half-elf people. <sighs> then, one of my favorite names, The Ginger Dead Man, <laughs> 2005. And now, Blasphemy coming up, The Ginger Dead Man 2, The Passion of the Cross. And the famous 2009 Silent Night, Zombie Night. There you go. Oh my word, um, th th those really got me. I instantly have to see The Ginger Dead Man now. Yeah, and I think there are actually four films about The Ginger Dead Man, something like that. But you must have them in store somewhere, right? Because you have all the films ever shot in your ears. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I, I kind of just throw them in without looking. Like, remember, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm taking Ratatouille and like replacing it with like, leprechaun or something you know that's that's kind of so so as long as it's got some sort of horrific thing on the cover i'm, I'm not even looking i'm passing these things out left right and center okay and while i'm doing a bit of uh stollen baking i should uh should watch it that feels like an appropriate pastry based or baking based uh accompaniment 
that's that's true. Can I tell you my favorite Gary Christmas film? Go for it. It's called A Christmas Horror Story. Two thousand fifteen. That most horrible, scary thing about the film is that William Shatner is in it. But it is a really good horror film. Christmas horror film. Watch it. So I recommend that to you, neighbor, now. A Christmas horror story. Is that an anthology horror film? It is. I have seen it. Uh, yeah, I have seen it. And I seem to remember there's some sort of crazy siege at the end of it where everyone attacks Santa's castle or something? We shall not say too much about the end because I think the ending is really good. Obviously, I have to mention a very special guy here as well. His name is Krampus. Do you know Krampus? I know of him, but I believe uh, he is your folklore, is he not? He is your your countryman. He is actually our our guy. Yeah, it, it's so weird because I don't know if you remember in 2014 there was an interview with Christoph Waltz and he mentioned the Krampus and it seemed from that moment on there were so many films about Krampus so I'm not sure if he started a trend or if that was just coincidence we'll never know but let me quickly tell you something about Krampus the Krampus is Saint Nicholas evil sidekick coming from the Alpine region Krampus means lifeless and is also referred to as the devil it's said the custom started at the end of the 16th century. While Nicholas rewards the nice children, Krampus punishes the naughty. Still, to this day, there is never a Nicholas without a Krampus. In parades, supermarkets, running around in streets, and even coming into your very own home. I like it. It's a yin and yang kind of thing. Mm. I feel like that's what we're doing here. Is like you can't just have the good without the bad, right? You've got to, you, you know, you've got to have the dark Christmas side to appreciate the good Christmas side. That is true. And now for you, my neighbor, and for all the listeners, I have real life material from a home visit by Krampus in a very small village in Austria. <laughs> rent the Nikolaus with his angels. But when you rent Nikolaus, you have to rent Krampus as well. And how that works is on the 5th or on the 6th of December, which is Nikolaus and Krampus days, they come into your house and their parents gave the Nikolaus some information about the children who are there. And then the Nikolaus is there with his angels reading out nice things about the children, what they've done during the year, where they were a bit naughty or where they were nice and stuff. But then, out of a sudden, Krampus comes. And it doesn't matter whether the children are one year old or ten years old. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts or would like to get involved as a volunteer, please email us at info at depthedcinema.org. Yeah, so you see, my neighbor, it's a folklore 
but it's also very real. It's very real if you're like three years old and cowering from that thing. Uh, yeah, um, it sounds absolutely and looks absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you hear is those chains and then sometimes there are cowbells as well. So still to that day, I'm scared of cowbell sounds. It's very black and shaggy and I don't like the like the sort of twigs and sticks like that. That's the thing I don't like about it. Do you have another recommendation for us? I have a fantastic recommendation if you want to waste uh, another 90 minutes of your life. Why not? Last night I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <gasps> now, this is barely even a film. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it through, to be honest. But if you like... If you like your films so terrible that they're just kind of hypnotic, then then you may be up for this. The don't be dissuaded by the first 40 minutes of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which almost entirely reuses footage from the first film. It's basically a 40 minute summary of all the important plot points and the killings, just in case you didn't remember the first one. That's something um, I hate so much when people do that. It is such an obvious example of them going, we only have money to film half a film here. Quickly, we need some padding. We need, like, we need to fill this up. So you literally get the first film as if it's on fast forward at two times speed um, in the intro. Uh, the premise is that uh, Billy's younger brother, Ricky, who was the sort of one-year-old baby in the car that uh, I mentioned earlier, he is in a uh, prison-slash-mental hospital, can't remember which, after having murdered loads of people, and he's talking to a psychologist to try and explain why he's, why he's done what he's done. So, <laughs> reason the first, all of the first film, and then you get into the new footage. And thankfully, the second half of this film is so atrocious that it is incredible. It actually has a really, really famous quote in it that I knew about and is quite notorious, but I didn't know it was from this film, which is, um, you may, listeners may recognize, garbage day, which is when our killer uh, sees someone on the street taking the trash out and just decides to sort of murder him uh, in cold blood. This is after he's murdered his girlfriend's uh, ex by grabbing a, uh, a clipper from a car battery, like a jump start cable, puts that in his mouth and then kind of electrocutes him to death. And then he uh, strangles his girlfriend and then he just goes on this killing spree around the neighborhood. Interestingly, you may, you may get what you ask for here, dear neighbor, <gasps> with a visit to Mother Superior. Da, da, da. And I will not spoil. Oh, that's the only reason I want to, to watch that film now. But yeah, it's uh, you get you get you get something. I'd say just you, know, you can watch the second half if you've recently watched Silent Night, Deadly Night One, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> or maybe just watch the second one instead of the first. Just skip the first and just directly into the second. That's also possible. I think if you want a film that is even like slightly serious, then you're better off watching the first one. Because although it's ridiculous, it's kind of got that darkness. Whereas the second one, yeah, is like watching a comedy so there you go take your pick but 
you know, obviously all of the all of the Silent Deadly Night choices are the right choices. And I say this not having seen Silent Night Deadly Night 3, 4, or 5, because it turns out there are a ton of sequels. Yay! <laughs> Death now for another time. How did these carry on getting made? <laughs> I don't know. It seems they were very successful. And then they thought, yeah, let's make another one. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <sighs> that was cheerful. I need to grab some hot chocolate somewhere now on my way back home. Pret a manger. Oh, Christmas star bucks, maybe. And then I have to watch Silent Night to Sister Superior. Oh, and speaking of Silent Night, fun fact. Did you know that the song Silent Night is actually Austrian as well? It was first performed on Christmas Eve 1818 by local curate Joseph Moore and local teacher Franz Xaver Gruber, who only wrote the melody that day in a small church in Salzburg. Yeah, the song then traveled to... Oh, wait, what's that? Oh, no, Let, let's go, guys. Merry Christmas and see you next year. Thank you for listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. For more information about our current online activities, please visit our website, www.deptfordcinema.org. Deptford Cinema. Deptford Cinema, the right place for film lovers.